0: It's the ADHD. We're all fucked up. So here comes <laughs> the intro music. Oh, wait, no. Add first.
1: What's up, guys? This is Corey Baker from Baker Forging Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribrade variable speed 2x72 is just that On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder, or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind podcast.
0: What's up, everybody? We're back again. This is gonna be a weird episode. No one eyes grooves all off. We got Sharky on this week. Mister Second Place for World's Funniest Internet Content. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. Good. I forgot about that. Yeah. If you went
2: first, you're last, man. That tells me I got to ah. step my game up.
0: Yep. Yeah. We actually have an announcement regarding that whole thing. We weren't gonna give out any prizes or nothing. It was just for fun. And then Matthew Berger, a Burgers Blades, made me little nameplates for the winners with like our logo on it and what and like the category they won. And so I was like shit, now I gotta I gotta get trophies for everybody. So That's pretty cool though
3: all of a sudden it got serious. Like this, this started as like a complete joke because I was watching top gear and they did like their stupid awards that they do where it's like a complete joke. And, and that was all it was supposed to be. And then now all of a sudden we're sending out trophies. Like this is like a legitimate thing. It's so
0: I'm looking on eBay for, for different trophies to buy, to stick these plates on and send them out. And I find these pig ones from like, for, for like pig calling competitions
2: okay that's pretty good i was gonna <laughs> say my favorite thing to do whenever i have to buy a trophy for something is to go to the goodwill and find totally random stuff spray paint it gold and put the plaque on it
0: oh that's Ooh. a good idea we and have now, several you goodwill. you're
2: gonna get if it's a trophy coming from my house you might it may be like a cheese grater with a plaque on the side of it that's all spray painted gold like you never know
3: that's a I good like point. That. I have a 3D printer. I could have 3D printed anything and just spray painted it gold. I didn't think yeah. about that. Next year. I haven't next bought year. them yet.
0: I haven't oh, bought you them haven't? yet. No. I was, so what I did was I found microphone ones too. Because I was like, well, is Tobias Hangler going to want a pig trophy? So then <laughs> I gave three out, out of the four winners. I didn't give Honor a choice. Honor's getting a pig. And so... I asked all three of the other winners, and all three of them wanted pigs. All right. Like, all right. They see the I gotta humor. I got to tell
2: you, though, uh, if I had to lose to anyone for funniest social media content, I, I would say that I, I don't really feel bad losing to him.
0: There's no, there's no dishonor in losing to honor. I No, mean, there's
2: really not. That dude cracks me up every time.
0: Yeah. I love it. He does such a good job carrying their podcasts on his shoulders too (laughs) i mean he's he's like a one-man wrecking machine we're
3: gonna start there again huh just like (laughs) right back into it
0: he said we were toby said we were lowbrow yeah
3: well that's coming from somebody that uh was too soft for his own country so he had to find the softest country in the world and so naturally went to that rainy depressing rock over there on the other side of the water so I mean that makes sense
0: I wasn't gonna you know slander two whole nations of people but
3: <laughs> well, I wasn't slandering Australia if you think about it if you think about it I mean that's I was complimenting Australia cause I mean Australia's that's a hard country man they got some they got some nasty animals down there and you gotta be a pretty tough individual to, to stick it out down there like the real Australian that we had on the show Ben Cutts um <sighs> You know, watching out for them saltwater crocs and 80,000 different types of venomous snakes.
0: I'm very sad I missed that episode because I feel like I would have been able to draw the real thing out of the real Ben Cuts out of him. <laughs> he was very reserved yeah. and very PG on the show. And that is not the kind of guy he is.
3: We're going to have to have him back on and maybe we can get a little more of the the bogan out of him
0: next time. <laughs> But anyways.
3: anyways, let's talk to Sharky this is, we're, we're just going on down a rabbit hole As usual So Sharky, you're going to be Moving soon, right?
2: That is a fact The Air Force has decided that I've spent enough time In Albuquerque And it's time to uh, Get going uh, So I'm headed out to Louisiana in March Hell yeah so, Yeah, Dang. time's getting short uh i had one of those moments uh a little while back actually i think ryan i think it was while we were uh guests on the that other part the side chat where I, like we were just sitting there chatting about life and i was like yeah man i got like you know two months until i have to leave oh my god i have two months until i have to leave <laughs> i have to move my entire shop in two months and i haven't even started anything <laughs> So I've spent the last month kind of, sort of moving, getting towards being ready, I guess.
0: (laughs) Did you listen back to that episode?
2: I haven't made it all the way through it yet. I listened to part of it, but I'm really slow listening to podcasts because I get distracted and then I'll realize that I didn't hear the last 20, 25 minutes and I have to rewind. So like an hour and a half podcast takes me like four days to listen to.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. Uh, I was glad it took him a while to release it because I forgot everything we talked about <laughs> by the time the show came out.
3: It was a good. It was a good episode, guys. Yeah, yeah we, a good
2: chats on there.
0: Yep, yeah.
3: for sure. So when you're moving across country, um, I have family members that have had to, you know, get pushed around by the military. You just like, uh, do you have like movers that come through and pack up all your stuff and then break it somewhere between there and and where you're going to be moving to. Yeah. So
2: the, the government gives you a couple different choices. They will move everything for you and you get paid nothing, which makes sense if they're doing it. You can move it all yourself and they will pay you whatever they would have paid someone else to move it. Um, or you can kind of do like half and half. So I do a half and half. I have the government come move basically anything that I have that's not valuable (laughs) just take (laughs) it away and and like you know so i've been in the military for 16 years now so you just uh you you adjust your life to that kind of move style right so like we just don't have nice furniture so that way if the movers smush something i'm not like devastated uh when when the movers what yeah when they smush something yeah (laughs) Uh, and then we move all the stuff that is valuable, irreplaceable, or like the shop stuff's a great example, right? Because if the government breaks something, I can put a claim in for it, but they're going to go online and try to figure out its value. So if I put in a claim and said, you ruined this two by five piece of redwood and I want a hundred dollars, they would give me a dime and laugh in my face because they have <laughs> like a conversion rate for like high end, exotic knife handles <laughs> so uh so i move all i move all of my shop supplies and i let them move all of my tools because you know my tools have a little bit of mileage on it so if they smash my drill press they'll buy me a new drill press so i wouldn't be too sad about that
0: hell yeah nice you got to be strategic about it
2: yeah yeah you i mean this is my seventh time moving with the military so you uh you got to get it down to a system after a while.
3: <laughs> you know exactly what's going to get broken and how.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, so the last move that I did was right in the middle of the whole COVID pandemic, right? And I don't know if you guys remember, but in the middle of COVID, when everyone was stuck home and decided they wanted to not be fat asses, but also wanted to be at home, uh, home gyms became a big deal. And the cost of weights went through the roof. Yes. yes shockingly, did. shockingly... During that move, the movers lost my whole weight set.
0: How do you lose a weight set?
2: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, they lost it to their house. Is where they lost it.
3: Yep. But uh, that sucks. Eh, yeah, yeah. My uh,
2: replaceable stuff. So life goes on.
3: Yeah, yeah. My uh, my sister just recently moved from uh, Hawaii up to washington so everything had to be basically moved by them you know there wasn't really what are you gonna do stick it in a a carry-on is everybody okay over there
0: oh now you're muted (laughs) oh i muted him oh my bad all right well shark is gonna be right back i guess
3: sounds like somebody was getting in a fight uh But yeah, anyways, so, so you know, my uh, sister and her family didn't really have any, uh, didn't really have any choice other than to uh, just trust the government to move pretty much all of their stuff. And like their whole like home gym and everything, all that was just like broken and they had like a Bowflex that just got demolished. And uh, yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole nightmare.
0: I was trying to type something to tell Sharky to unmute himself and then this whole like thing popped up on my screen like programming things i'm like i don't know what's going on
3: oh that's just just the way today's gonna go i guess
0: there we go i'm unmuted there you go bud
2: sorry my wife's bulldog decided she wanted a toy that she couldn't get to so she was like (laughs) tearing apart the box of toys to get to this one specific bone (laughs) lunatic i get that But yeah, the, the, the biggest, uh, f- like the, the, the home part of the move I, I've gotten super used to, but the shop stuff, man, like you don't realize how much you've got your shop, like a squirrel full of stuff, right? Like every time I turn around, I'm finding a new pile of crap somewhere and B, mm-hmm. like, everything is settled right where I want it. And I got to pick it up and move it all and build a new shop. And it's a whole thing.
3: So, okay. So do you have, you have to like build a new building where you're moving to, or do you have like a, where do you have like a place lined up where you're going to be moving to and all that? How's, how's that going?
2: Well, assuming the house goes through that we're working on purchasing right now, uh, it has an extra garage on it that I'll use for the shop. So I'll basically have an entire one car garage Which, for some of the guys doing like big forging and that kind of stuff, probably doesn't sound like a lot. But for a scale shop, that's pretty big. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, it should be nice. It definitely will need some renovation before I get all set up. So,
0: there's nothing worse than moving. That's when you really realize how much useless (laughs) shit you have. Yeah. You're like, every drawer in this entire house is full of knickknacks and pencils and. Everything.
2: And that's why I've been doing all these sales on my page too, like maker's boxes and that kind of stuff. Like yesterday, I was digging through the shop and I found this tub and I was like, what the heck is in this tub? And I open it up, there's 28 blocks of bog oak in there. I was like, oh, okay. Hell yeah. yeah. Would have been nice to have put these on the website, but someone hit me up and was like, dude, I'll buy the whole lot. I was like, all you, man. Go nuts.
0: Dude, I love bog you- oak. Whoever that was is lucky. I love that bog oak. Not only it is, does it look great, it's super easy to work with.
2: Yeah, it's a really nice, classy touch. I try not Everybody to get too deep oak. into bog oak because as a combo scale maker, it's like the easy button, right? Because everything goes with black. So I feel like it doesn't take a lot of creativity to just like, ah, I'm not sure it's going to go with this material, bog oak. You just oak. put it with bog oak. Blue? Is Some it purple? More. Is it red? I don't Put it with bog oak.
3: Is there anything wrong with that, though? Like I get that like it's not challenging, but uh, damn, does it look classy.
2: There's not, and I'm sure I could sell 100 sets that are half bog oak and half something else, but I like to try to push the limits a little bit because I also feel like Jim Bob down the street can match red and bog oak, and one of my skill sets, I feel like at least these matching color sets that some you you ne- wouldn't necessarily, you know, be your first choice. And then they come out and you're like, Oh, that actually looks pretty damn good together.
3: Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. That is yeah, one thing um, that, uh, I'll oh, go ahead, Ryan. No, you go ahead. Um, one thing that I have noticed you've always done really well is coming up with color combinations that I wouldn't think of. And that's why I like buying your stuff is because like, w- whenever I look at a knife, I open my drawer and I'm like, uh, blue. Yeah. Blue. We'll do it. We'll go with blue. You know, I, I, my wife always gives me crap because you open my drawer and there's like, you know, this much red, this much green, or actually probably more like this much green and this much natural and this much blue. And uh-huh. like, you, you kind of just, you get, you get comfortable. And so if you, if you just kind of work on getting outside your box and trying different colors that also still work together, uh, to keep things interesting you know
2: yeah i found that for me i i slip back in the comfortable zones a lot when i try to force things like if i have a material and i'm like hey i need to use this today then it almost always ends up getting put with like gray or black like it goes so because they go with everything so i've been trying to get better about like i'll just take a whole stack of materials uh upstairs like when we're watching a movie or something with the kids i was having them sitting in front of me and just keep looking at them and then when something's like pops into my head like hey this would look really good with teal i'm like just grab it and write a note on it like hey this has to go with something teal which oh, has yeah. been helping a little bit
0: i'm doing the handle on a guy went to all black apex ultra black handle black blade everything and i'm um, like but you can't just, you need other pieces in there. You can't just do a a straight bog oak, no bolster cap, nothing handles. I'm like, what am I going to use? And then so he wants all black. So then I threw some a piece of black canvas micarta on there. And then a thin, for the bolster cap, I did a thin piece of that black. It's like copper and carbon fiber stuff. Mm-hmm. I just got like a little sample piece at blade last year. I can't even remember who made it. Um, it was some people from like Turkey or Hungary or something. And, hmm. uh, I slapped a piece of that on there. So we'll see what it looks like.
3: So there's just like a little bit of like copper thread in it. Is that.
0: Yeah. It's like copper shreds and, oh. and carbon fiber.
2: Oh, it's the shredded stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, I just hooked up with the, uh, the guys who do carbon waves a fancy carbon fiber company. Um, They sent me a little box of demo materials. And one of the things they sent is carbon fiber, but like, it's like it has carbon wires going through it, but like through instead of like the long way. So it's just, it's carbon fiber with all these copper polka dots basically on it. It looks super neat. I'm really excited to give it a, We'll test run and see what happens with it. But, you know, they sent me a whole box of fun stuff to play
0: around with. That's badass. I kind of so want to like try an, that.
2: Like an end cut almost? Yeah, kind of. Have you
0: Sorry, guys Ryan. seen that? Um, It's like fake amber. It's like, like that stuff.
2: The shredded stuff?
0: No, it's like, uh, it's almost like it's a composite. But, you know, amber, like from Jurassic Park, what the mosquito yeah. was in. It's like fake that. I can't remember what the fuck it's called, but I've been wanting to try some of that too. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. I, it's on uh, Maker, maker Material Supplies, got it. No kidding.
2: I used a material where it was actual amber. Um, and they so they ground up actual amber and then they cast it in resin. Uh, I did That's a cool. set. So they, they cast it in a couple of different kinds of resin. Um, uh, and the, the page that sells it is ice age crafts, but, uh, I got one where they cast it in like a yellowish gold resin and it's super neat because the, any of the, uh, amber that's on the surface has a different texture than the resin, like visual texture, not finger texture, although it probably has a different finger texture too, but so it makes it look all faceted on the shaped Ooh. piece, so I did it where, uh, with the gold resin and then some uh, a white synthetic and then some black and brass in between, and it looked super classy.
3: Hmm. Nice. That sounds really interesting.
2: It also was probably one of my favorite materials to use in the shop uh, for the old nostrils because it makes it smell like Christmas trees in your shop for like two weeks once you grind into that amber.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't it's even think about sat. that. Yeah, yeah that's, a lot better be, than using
2: uh, mammoth and that kind of stuff that makes you
4: smell
0: <laughs> like gas. burnt hair. Mm-hmm. It's no, called it's... Ultum.
4: Oh, U-L- yeah, yeah.
0: Ultum, Ultum one thousand.
2: Yeah.
3: Speaking of of random materials that you use, um, I was been meaning to ask you about uh, fuzzy navel. Uh, mm-hmm. That is such a cool material. I recently, just before Christmas, uh, finished up a knife that had your scales on it. That had some of the fuzzy navel. Um, who makes that stuff?
2: Uh, so my buddy Chris at Van Lewick Knife Works is the main uh, person. Uh, he's the one who makes the actual fuzzy navel uh, version. There are other people who make scotch uh composites, but he's the one who makes all the stuff for me. We've been playing around with that. Uh, I think I bought my first set of that stuff from him about five years ago. Um, we've played around with a bunch of different colors and that kind of stuff. But I, I love that uh, material. It, it just, it finishes so neat, and there's so many different looks to it. Because if you use a solid-colored resin, it comes out looking one way. If you use a semi-opaque resin, it comes out looking totally different. It's really neat.
3: So my, people can go if people were interested in it, they could go to, I'm sorry, what, you say, what, what was the name?
2: Uh, it's all on my website, actually.
3: Oh, you sell Fuzzy Naval by itself on, on you your do. website?
2: Yeah, yeah. In my in the composite section of my website, I've got, oh. I think right now we've got like eight different colors. And I have a bunch more that I was supposed to have cut up like six months ago, and I still haven't. But I'll get there eventually.
0: <laughs> so this is a cast composite material made out of Scotch-Brite?
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's scotch Bright fibers that are cast in resin, so they make like a, a, a webbed effect uh, on there. I've used it a bunch on my page, and I, when we're done with this episode, I can post a couple examples so people can come check it out, but it's hard to describe it. It's almost like the webbing in like a turquoise or a true stone but a little bit more aggressive, so a little bit more webbed, and especially if you use a semi-transparent resin, which most of the colors that I have right now are, then you can kind of see the layers of the webbing going down through it, and it's it's a really neat effect. It's uh, I'm actually uh, about to unveil my 2024 signature series, the blades that I'll take to all the shows for 2024. I figured nice. since the first show is in like a month, I should probably start, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not these things but uh all, all of the blades from my 2024 signature series have fuzzy navel in them
0: blade atlanta's right around the corner
2: blade texas is a sinner
3: yeah yeah but yeah it's a super badass material i absolutely love it ryan if you go on my page the, the the last the last knife that i did that has sharky scales on it it's got a red fuzzy navel as like the the bolster portion of it
0: um, I'm on it. I'm on it. I, I hit the search was, thing on Instagram. I fucking hate Instagram, dude. It <laughs> sucks now. I, you know how all these little, like, a bunch of reels will pop up when you hit the search thing? They're all, like, ingrown toenails and Dr. <laughs> Pimple Popper. And I'm like, I don't. It's the opposite of what I want to see. <laughs> all right. I, I hear you. Noah Blomberg.
3: But yeah, super cool material. Uh, If anybody who's listening is interested in that, go check out Sharky's website. I didn't know that he had it on his website because apparently I never hit the composites button when I go on his website. I'm always looking for blocks. That's the one? Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: It almost looks like candy.
1: I know, right?
2: Yeah, my website's got some uh, some sneaky stuff on it. I feel like a lot of people come on for one thing and don't realize how many categories I have on that thing at this point.
3: Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. you recently did like a giant drop. I think right around the new year, uh, where you put just like a ton of new blocks and mono scales and everything on there too. Yeah, um,
2: January first, we dropped 120 mono wood sets. Like 60 new blocks, and I have like 16 different kinds of micarta, mostly v- vintage stuff. So nice. I've been, been trying to slowly advertise that. But like everyone else in the knife community, I am horribly suppressed on s- uh, social media. So it's been hard getting the news out.
0: Unless you're Nick yeah. Tobin.
2: <laughs> yeah. Unless Somehow Nick up. Tobin seems to be doing just fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's the only <laughs> yeah, one. I don't
2: understand it. I love that dude, but every time he posts a post about like, oh, I just got a hundred thousand views on this reel, I want to fly up to Canada and kick him in the nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: well, speaking of
0: Canadians, I don't know what he's doing different. He's doing one. He's got to be doing something. That's I don't know. I had a reel good. hit
2: four thousand views the other day, and I just about pooped my pants. I was like, dang, that's the most traction I've gotten in ages.
0: Yeah, I haven't been posting, so it's my own damn fault, but I'm fucking damn. busy, man. And that it's a time it
4: suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it's a time suck, too. So it's like,
4: mm,
0: something's gotta, I gotta sacrifice something. Is it gonna be Instagram or is it gonna be time with my wife? Uh, yeah, Instagram, probably not Instagram. Sorry. Instagram nope. doesn't blow me. That's a real <laughs> toss up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, anyways, before that, I was going to say, speaking of Canadians, uh, we're sponsored by a Canadian, uh, Mr. Lawrence Lake from Maritime Knife Supply. And Ryan, why don't you go ahead and hit that button?
0: Yes, Lawrence is great. I've been talking to Lawrence a lot lately. Um, before I play the ad, we always talk about how you can get bulk materials from him. We're not lying. You can buy bulk materials from Lawrence. And he does give bulk discounts. and it, Comes super fast. I ordered a two foot by four foot sheet of ABL eighth inch thick and it came in two days.
3: Damn, that's insanely fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no big deal. Lawrence right is on. the man.
4: Hustle and Grind is sponsored by wow. Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. (laughs) Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Eh? Thanks, Luke.
0: Yep.
3: Yep, Lawrence is a dude. Every time you see me post a video of forging steel... It's all steel that I bought from Lawrence, and he cuts it for me, and that's why I love it. So, anyways, um, speaking of that, I'm just gonna do a, a brief selfish thing here, and I posted a reel the other day about how I uh, made an Amazon storefront, um, and mm-hmm. I mentioned in that reel that obviously I buy my steel from Lawrence, I buy my abrasives from Phoenix braces and stuff like that, but all like the little stuff that I put in my shop like my safety glasses, my little squeeze bottles that I, uh, put my acetone in. Uh, I think I even buy G flex epoxy, um, things like that. I put it all into a storefront and you can go check out that. Uh, the link is in my bio on my Instagram that nobody looks at. And, uh, you can just click that, that link there and it will take you to my Amazon store and maybe you'll find some stuff that will make your shop easier that you didn't know about. So. Um, just wanted to, I, I, I made it a long time ago and then I forgot to tell anybody that I did it. So then somebody asked me for something. i was like, Oh yeah, it's in my Amazon store. You have an Amazon store. Oh yeah. I, I probably should mention that. So
0: anyways, <laughs> you get a little um, kickback from that, don't you?
3: A little bit. Yeah. I, I don't even know what it is, honestly, because like I said, I forgot to tell people about it, but, uh, supposedly you get some sort of like, it's, it's an affiliate type deal. So mm-hmm. if, if you go on my page and you find something on Amazon that you want to buy, I get a little kickback from it. Something that I heard Brian house talking about a long time ago. And then I just finally got around to doing it. So
0: I can't remember who told me it was either Brian house or it was Richard Beck from Beck's armory that if they don't even have to buy what you have listed, if they like, let's say some, let's say Sharky's going to buy a tiny home on there, a $35,000 tiny home. (laughs) If he clicks your link to get onto his Amazon, and then leaves that item and goes and buys the tiny home, you get a kickback on whatever he buys. It doesn't even have to be your shit.
3: So if anybody listening to this podcast is planning on buying a tiny home, please go click my link first. I would appreciate that.
0: I just picked a high dollar item so, you you know, you could feel the, oh, wow, if he did that, I would get $25, you know, (laughs) whatever the percentage is. Yeah,
2: I should buy a tiny home to put my knife collection in.
0: That could be idea. your, your shark cave.
2: It would be terrifying. Cause there'd just be knives everywhere. <laughs> that doesn't sound terrifying. <laughs> I had awesome. to, uh, I had to pack up my knife collection because obviously with the move, right. I, I have to sell my house that I'm living in right now. And I didn't want anyone, you know, not that I don't trust people, but I don't trust people at all. So I didn't want right, anyone to yeah. be tempted to walk off with one of my beautiful, irreplaceable masterpieces. Um, so I packed the whole thing up and took it over to a buddy's house while we were showing our house. And that was a real eye-opener. <laughs> uh, the sheer volume of uh, blades that I had to put into boxes was a lot.
0: He's like, bro, we gotta have a talk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know those big black and yellow tubs you can get at like Costco or Home Depot? Yeah. yeah it takes two of those to hold my knife collection. <laughs>
1: Holy shit
0: mm.
2: yeah it was it was uh, it was interesting. I was like, all right, maybe it's time to slow this train down a little bit.
3: Are these in like uh like padded like zipper cases or boxes or <laughs> what what sort of packing are we talking about inside this tote? Yes,
2: all of the above. Oh, okay. I have a tiered packing system i have a couple display cases i don't even think the dude exists anymore but there was a guy who very briefly made some really neat display cases i sold them on instagram uh for knife collections Um, i have a few of those that i keep like the top top tier of mine in like the ones that are too fancy for me to even really ever want to carry because i'm afraid i'll lose them uh And then I found these, speaking of, I I should also put together my Amazon store, but I found these little display cases, a little glass top display case that's just like the perfect size. It doesn't have any dividers or anything in it, but it's the perfect size to line a bunch of knives up in. So like my normal day knives go in those. And then I got a couple Tupperwares full of stuff. Like, you know, five years ago when I first started and some of my buddies first started and we were making knives together. They're a little rough around the edges, but they still hold a special place in my heart. But they go in a Tupperware bin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough.
2: I've got a few from early in the uh, in the making and collecting days that are pretty rough around the edges. Like literally, sometimes.
3: I think we all have a, a drawer or or a Tupperware container that uh, contains something similar. I have yeah. an ammo
0: can.
2: I started putting a, I'll still post them every once in a while, just as like a fun throwback on my uh, knife collection page, but I started putting a disclaimer on there that says like, these are early generation knives, so don't judge me and don't judge the knife maker because we've both gotten better since this.
3: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's probably necessary. Uh, That makes sense.
2: I didn't want to like ruin anyone's reputation posting a knife and someone looks at it and goes, God, that guy sucks, but really it's like a six-year-old blade. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like the disclaimer was important.
0: I've offered to buy back some of my early ones from like buddies, like my brother and another buddy of ours has like within the first year of making, I'm like, can I buy that back or give you a modern one and just take, nope, no, they're like, it's an early one. It'll be worth money someday. I'm like, it wasn't worth money when I sold it to you.
2: (laughs) I've definitely experienced that a little bit. So there is a little bit of a secondary market for Sharky Scales once in a while, like someone will pop up trying to sell them. And I had someone reach out to me a little while back and was like, hey, I just bought a set of your scales from someone. And they sent me a picture and it was, it had to have been in one of my like first hundred sets from the very first year I started making. And like, they were so excited and I really didn't want to rain on their parade but like, all I could think was, good God, those are hideous. Please throw them in the fire pit.
0: He's <laughs> yeah. like, they're awesome. You made them. They got to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Well,
3: yeah. N- now now they're listening to this podcast and they know exactly what you think. So, yeah. Ruined. Well,
2: if they are listening to the podcast and they want to send me that set, uh, I'll, I'll remake them. I've done a few of those before where I'll take a set of scales from way early on and I'll chop them up and I'll use the same materials. To remake them, really? Wow! And I call them phoenix sets because you know, ah, yes, the
0: whole burn down and start over thing. Born from the ashes. Yeah, yeah. I have I blanks like that. like that. I have blanks that I like got ready to grind like three years ago, and just projects become more projects, and it's just a snowball. And well, that one that didn't have a home never got finished. It's sitting on my bench in the pile someday maybe someday i'll be bored and i'll just go grind out a ton of blanks that i've got laying around
3: yeah i have bars of damascus like that it's just like eh. i started this but then i didn't feel like finishing it because the pattern didn't turn out cool and uh, i'm probably never going to finish it so i just eventually i'll i'll get to the point where i actually just take all those and just chop them up and stick them in a can or something but i don't know
2: yeah what do they call that fossil damascus
3: yeah, something like that. I don't know. what I. The thing is that, like, it, don't get me wrong. I've seen some really cool versions of it, but it's just not as exciting to me anymore. Like, I, before, I really wanted to do Canister, and now I'm like, I don't know if I really want to. You know, but if I could do something... You know, Micah Dunn, and disclaimer, he's a buddy, so, like, I'm, you know, not really shouting anybody out here. He, he's he's Love that dude. Love we you, love Micah. Him. He Sorry. did a can of ball bearings and then split it like a feather and it looks so freaking cool and i'm so jealous because he came up with the idea first and it's like well if i'm going to do a canister that's what i want to do but he did it first i was like you know do i really want to just like do something that somebody else has done and you know I what don't else know. what
0: that's all we do what are you talking about yeah, I don't know. It seemed... <laughs> That's all we do. There's no original ideas. Damn
3: it, you're right. Well, that one was original. Have you ever seen anybody else split something that they forge in a can?
0: Seen it? No. Where did Micah come up with the idea? Do we ask uh, him?
3: From his genius Texan brain, I'm pretty sure.
0: He does have a beautiful brain. Yes.
3: So yeah, That's if I ever scalpels. He does.
2: Yeah, he and I just did a scalpel project together.
3: Yeah, I was I was like, Why why do you think they're beautiful, Sharky? Is
2: there, is there a particular one. reason? <laughs> nice. I have one sitting upstairs. Actually I actually have a bunch rest. of
0: a bunch of Micah Damascus in my shop right now. Yeah, boy.
3: That guy's a hustler. Tell you what, like I struggle like finding time in the shop. He works his day job as much or more than I do. And that guy is out there just putting out work constantly like he does not slow down i i really respect people like that who you know i think i work a lot and then they just completely show me up it's like damn dude like that is that is the amount of hustle that you got to have if you're really going to be going for it
2: i just just had teach your body that sleeps overrated
0: yeah (laughs) right i just had an epiphany i don't know what micah does for a living he's a welder oh yes i did know that I'm yeah. retarded.
2: Yeah, That's it's a, uh, a beneficial trade to have if you're trying to parlay it into Damascus skills.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah. And I'm like most of us, myself especially, are really shitty welders, like better at forge welding than we are, than we are like actually welding. And Mike is the complete opposite. Like I can't even imagine like starting, you know, metalwork and like actually knowing how to do metalwork before you start knife making. Like that's, that's an unfair advantage, man. It Come does on. sound
2: beneficial. That's how I feel about some of the guys who make handles and handle materials who knew how to woodwork beforehand or yeah. like had any woodworking tools beforehand. I'm like, dang, man, that would have been so nice. <laughs> I, I came into this totally cold. My only woodworking experience was wood turning, which is like basically the opposite of what I'm doing. Yeah. But for sure, I look at some the, guys' wood shops, and I'm like, oh, my God, I did this on a one by 30 grinder for two and a half years before I got a nicer grinder. That's insane to me. I
3: can't believe that. Oh, geez. Well, hey, uh, do you guys want to play a silly game called Where in the World is Florida
0: Man? Sure. We didn't play last week. No, we didn't. So, And anybody who isn't a patron, they fucking missed out last week. <laughs> man the after show
3: that was that was an after show for sure man
0: yeah slacksmith asked us a question and it's the best question i've ever been asked man i was (laughs) i don't know i don't know what to think of that
3: (laughs) yeah little little uh little shout out there if you uh if you ever you're on the fence about being a a patron of the hustle and grind do it just to go listen just just go listen to last week's after show
0: yeah, it's worth a dollar.
3: All right. Where in the world is Florida Man? You going to play us in, Ryan, or are we going to skip it?
0: No, I'll play us in.
3: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to play Where in the World is Florida Man. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everybody's favorite game. Everybody knows the best headlines come from Florida. Or do they? That's the question that we have to answer. I have three stories in front of me. All of them are completely real. The question is, is whether or not they actually happened in Florida. We begin. McDonald's agrees to take down McCrispy signed McCrispy advertising billboard that was erected next to a sign for a local crematorium. (laughs) McDonald's have agreed to take down a McCrispy advertising billboard that was put up next to a road sign for a local crematorium. Although some found the advertisement hilarious, others were less than impressed to find it featured at a bus stop. The brightly colored billboard featuring the signature McCrispy sparked a large amount of online controversy as it gathered a mixed reaction from the motorists. Do you believe that this billboard was in Florida
2: or somewhere else? That's fantastic,
4: though.
0: That is good. Somebody <sighs> didn't think that through, or
2: well, they they? did
4: they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say somewhere else. I don't mm. know. It just feels like a midwestern thing.
0: Does Florida have billboards?
2: What do you mean? Does yes. Florida have
0: billboards? We don't have billboards. Billboards are illegal in mean. Maine. What? What? Oh yeah, no billboards. I didn't even. I was an adult before I knew that billboards existed. Really? I'm driving down the highway as an adult, and I'm like, "What? Why? In the, what are all these ugly ass signs everywhere? What is it? Who cares about that lawyer? Who cares about that tooth whitening service?" I'm having a hard
2: time processing this.
0: I had no idea, man. I shit you. Um, so, so I assume that that must be strictly a main thing, and everywhere is billboards.
2: Everywhere that I've okay. ever lived has billboards and yes, most of them have injury lawyers on them. <laughs> <laughs> Reading this billboard,
0: say, did you crash? Call 555. <laughs> uh,
3: I will say it wasn't like a full-size billboard. It was like crematorium and then like a regular like McDonald's sign, you know. It wasn't like a like a full-size one. Like they were literally right next to each other at like a normal height, not like a big billboard like that sort of thing.
0: I'll go Florida so one of us gets it right and because there's a lot of old people there. That's
3: true. And a lot of mm. crematoriums. <laughs> okay. Uh that was Cornwall, which I believe is in the UK. Oh. Sure. So there you go. Well, uh they probably, they probably have to cremate over there. Oh, they probably don't have room for like full on uh, sprawling cemeteries. Yeah. Limited amount of space on that little rock. That's a good point. Uh, Thank you, David Burke from LLC Knives for sending that one in. Uh, Next up, we have. Utter shock. Woman comes home to find her driveway stolen in a season when most of us worry about porch pirates stealing packages. A woman came home to a stunning sight. while she was at work. Someone stole her concrete driveway. My driveway is gone, Amanda Brochu said. And she isn't exaggerating. What used to be a concrete slab outside of her house is now a patch of dirt that she didn't ask for. Someone took her driveway as she was trying to get ready for Christmas. Brochu said it all started when she put her home up for sale. Strange contractors started coming by, measuring her driveway. And then one day she came home to find it gone.
0: How? How? Go ahead, Sharky. <laughs> Cook, brother. <laughs> I don't
2: understand how you move a driveway. Other than in pieces, I know how to destroy a driveway.
3: Some, somebody came in with equipment and literally ripped
0: out her driveway while she was at work.
2: That's insane. That sounds like Florida
0: to me. I saw this article. I didn't see where it was from. <laughs> but I was very suspicious of this whole thing. I'm like, first off, it's expensive to remove a driveway.
2: That's what Nobody, I'm saying.
0: Nobody's just gonna come steal your fucking driveway.
3: I think it has something to do with the fact that she put her home up for sale. There was more in the article about how like this isn't like the first time this has happened, but it has something to do with selling property and people are trying to screw people over somehow. And I don't know exactly what the purpose of it is, but there was something there was something to it.
2: But still, I mean, you like the cost of removing a driveway. <laughs> I hear you, man. I just I don't care. I it.
0: mean, you got you got diesel equipment, man hours. Like, yeah, seems fishy. It wasn't
3: like a small driveway either. Like, uh, no, it was, I saw it. It
0: was like a single car wide, but it was like a hundred feet long. Yeah, probably pretty
3: close to that. Was, yeah, <laughs> driveway stolen. Where do you think it happened, Ryan?
0: I'm going to go Florida. That's just too wild. There's too many questions. It's either Florida or Detroit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, if it was Detroit, there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a driveway there to begin with. It would already have been gone oh. uh, because it was in fact, Florida. Well done, gentlemen. Woohoo. What Crushed made you, it. what made you guys go Florida on that one? I'm curious. Cause that's just too wild, bro.
0: Okay. Who the fuck is yeah,
2: this I, I, <laughs> that's, that's really all I got. Well, I also kind of figured that you know Florida's mostly made out of sand, so maybe it's easier to pull a driveway out of sand than dirt.
3: Because mm, okay. they make it that.
0: sound like they rolled, they like rolled it onto a flatbed and was like <laughs> gonna reuse it.
2: That's <laughs> the part that I still can't get my head wrapped around. I, I just like stole insinuates that you took it to do something with, right? Like if they had just removed it. Like you would say they destroyed her driveway or what's up then? Like when you say stole, I'm assuming you took it out in one piece so you could do something else with it.
3: Right. Maybe they needed some, they wanted to make a skate park, you know? So they just
0: took, they needed some fill.
3: (laughs) 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 All right. Last up man took boss's Bobcat went on a rampage at home Depot. Police say, uh, we're talking about the equipment here, not an actual like feline here. Uh, a man allegedly stole his boss's skid loader and went on a rampage, smashing it into police cars, parked vehicles, storefronts, and even ATMs, police say. When the first officer arrived at the scene, the man turned the skid, skid steer toward the cruiser and rammed into it uh, several times while the officer was inside, damaging the cruiser. The man then rammed the vehicle several more times in an apparent attempt to escape.
2: I'm not Great going to When you first said... Bobcat, I thought about the animal. I was really excited. <laughs>
0: a bobcat? Can imagine? He like carries in this giant wildcat, and he's like, "Get him whiskers!" <laughs> Fucking lets him go.
2: Oh, it'd be great. <laughs>
0: Just,
3: like what? A, what a way to rob a bank! Just be like, y- "Give me the money, or I'm letting this bobcat loose." Like,
2: I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I probably feel more confident trying to disarm someone with a handgun than disarm someone with a feral lion.
3: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, well, you think about it like anybody at home, like you've got a cat in your house, probably, or unless you're one of those people that hates cats or you're allergic to cats. You've been around a cat when it goes ballistic it turns into a giant ball of fur and claws and teeth you can't control it you can't contain it you just try to get your hands away from it so that it can finish freaking out right just imagine that 80 times well not 80 times in the case of a bobcat but like a mountain lion or something like that just imagine it like 80 times bigger a giant ball of fu like you don't want to mess with that
0: dude yeah. you know? i had a i had a buddy okay i got to tell this story Okay. I went over to his house one day. He had this big, fat, like, loaf, chonky, fucking orange tabby cat. And like then, a heck of a Yeah, and I went over one day, and my buddy's got deep claw marks on his face, his hands. Like, he's fucked up. And I was like, what the hell happened to you? And he's like, that, him, over there. He flipped out, just went nuts, because my buddy brought his dog over and started attacking everybody. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, dude, I've never seen anything like it. He was like possessed by a demon. I was like, damn. Cats yeah. are no joke. Like, yep. w- whenever they're like, who would win in a fight? Um, a tiger or a silverback gorilla? The tiger. 10 out of 10 times. The tiger is hmm. going to win. It's going to. Yeah, they're fucked. Okay. Anyway, Where sorry. What this was? Oh yeah, we were playing Florida. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go Florida.
2: I'm gonna go not Florida.
3: Why are you going not Florida?
2: I don't know. I just feel like it's something that happened in Michigan or something.
3: Pretty close. Nebraska.
0: <laughs> Flatlanders. Yeah. Where did where did the murder killdozer thing happen?
3: Oh, I don't remember. Um that one was sent in by Brent from Crosspin Forge and hey, KH. I'm wearing it. Well, are you really nice? nice.
2: Crosspin Forge,
3: rad dude. He's been killing it on the uh, on the social medias lately. He's he's had some really funny reels and stuff. So shout out to uh, shout out to Brent for that. Um, the the video for this thing was legit pretty insane like i don't like at first i thought somebody was using a bobcat for like snow removal or something like that and then all of a sudden it just starts ramming into this cop car it's like one of those uh the suvs the ford things um
0: uh explorer, whatever whatever
3: they are yeah ford explorer he jacks this thing up like i was like i thought for sure like the cop was probably hurt because of like just this he like flipped it sideways and was like ramming into it. I mean, it's not like a huge excavator; like it's just a little bobcat,
2: but it did some freaking damage.
0: We've all and, had dumb thoughts.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, intrusive thoughts—that we're supposed to call them these days. He let his intrusive yes. thoughts win.
0: That's he, why the killdozer is held up in like cult esteem in society. Yeah, Granberry, Colorado. I just looked it up. That's where. Okay, that there we
2: go. Oh yeah, I could buy that for sure.
0: What was he supposed to do,
3: man? What was he supposed to do? They ruined his life, you know?
0: It's true. It's true. He, he did, a man he to the did edge. what we all wish we had the balls to do.
2: I was going to say, I mean, I worked for the government, and there are still times that I wish I could fight the government with a killdozer. So, you know, I guess.
0: <laughs> Just look out for basements. It's- yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. My my uh, grandpa was in the army for a little bit and he didn't tell me about it. He never talked about it when I was a kid growing up. And it wasn't until I'd been in the air force for a little while that he finally started telling me military stories. And one of the stories he told me was about how he and his buddies got this new lieutenant. And if you don't know anything about lieutenants in the military, they're young dumb and have no idea what's going on. I've been there. Um, they got this new lieutenant and they convinced the lieutenant to let them take, one of the tanks out for a joyride at night. Oh, no. The Lieutenant was stupid enough to say yes. And so they took it out through this field in their training area and were just jamming around in this field. And there was this old decrepit farmhouse in the field. And so they decided they were going to blast the tank through the farmhouse. So full speed hit the farmhouse, not thinking about the fact that the farmhouse had a basement. So the tank immediately crashes through the basement and is now stuck inside the basement of this old rotten farmhouse. Uh, and so <laughs> apparently they all went back to base and the lieutenant for three days had to cover for them as to where this tank was. Like basically making shit up, lying, whatever. And every night after they got off work, they'd go out to this farmer's field and they would dig and they dug a ramp out of this farmhouse (laughs) so that they could drive the tank out and get it back to base and they got it back three days later and no one knew that they had wrecked the tank into the base of a farmhouse
0: that's awesome Yeah, the good old days (sighs) I
2: know right there's no way you would get away with that these days or at least I wouldn't be able to get away with anything like that in the Air Force
3: I don't know didn't they misplace like a jet for, for a while there Whatever, whatever happened with that? Didn't they lose like a $20 million jet for a while?
0: That was the, first
2: of all, that was the Marines, not the Air Force.
3: Sorry. Okay. Sorry. My bad. My bad.
2: Yes. So they had a pilot eject out of an F-35, um, which conveniently is cloaked against radars. So he ejected. The plane kept cruising for a little while because as planes do, it will glide for a while. And. I still don't know how they couldn't figure out exactly where it touched down because you figure when a plane impacts Mother Earth, there's going to be some smoke. So it seems like it should have been pretty easy to just follow the smoke. But it did take them a while to locate exactly where it had crashed, long enough that they sent out a message to the public asking for help, which has just got to be wildly embarrassing. Hey, what's oh, yeah. this
0: billion-dollar plane we lost? Yeah, <laughs> I don't <know. laughs>
2: but The funniest thing was – if you went on eBay when the right after the government made that announcement and went on eBay, there was like fifteen people who made listings on eBay for fighter jets, <laughs> for like, "Hey, this just crash landed in my backyard." <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I wonder how. I wonder if the military had to investigate each one of those listings. That would oh, be. Oh, I'm sure someone
2: was in charge of tracking every single one of those down till they found it. <laughs> Can you imagine that being your job? I mean, you gotta figure, that's that's our fanciest fighter jet right now. So there's probably, I mean, I'm not a fighter guy, I'm not super smart on those, but I'm sure that there's some technology that we'd rather some of our enemies not have on that thing. So as calmly as they asked people for help, I am sure that there were people scrambling like crazy trying to locate that.
0: Yeah, you damn well know if they were willing to ask the public for help, they were fucking panicking.
2: Oh yeah. They had yeah. to
0: and they never found it? No,
2: they did. Yeah. They um, located it. I don't even remember how long it took, but I think it was like later that day or the next day they figured out where it had landed.
3: After they'd oh. already embarrassed themselves.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I mean, the message was already out. You can't take that back. <laughs> There's no unsaid button for that nonsense.
3: <laughs> uh uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, anyways, uh, Ryan, who uh, who else is sponsoring this uh, talk of tanks and
0: planes and
3: not <laughs> knife making right stuff
0: whatsoever? The freedom-loving boys over at Baker Forge and Tool. And... You know, Cole,
3: Cole strikes me as somebody who would have an F-35 in his backyard.
2: A hundred percent. If that thing landed in Cole's backyard, he would never tell the government. Yeah, he'd
0: be like, <laughs> How big is the new shop? Can we squeeze yeah. this inside?
2: Uh-huh. he teared it down to make Damascus out of it.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, this week's he drop... He, um, he'd probably make some sick shit with it, too. <laughs> this week's drop is flat ground Damascus core Tiger My. Yes. It's so sick. And we brought it up last week, but I'm going to bring it up again. Koi's uh, making a good effort to help push makers over on X and whatever you feel about Elon Musk and all the stupid shit surrounding like formally Twitter. And then he bought it all that dumb shit. What you should focus on now is that they don't limit us. They're not suppressing our speech. They're not suppressing our posts because they're knives or according to my account, nudity. I don't know how. Okay. And, uh, so, there was a naked
3: know, hand in that photo.
0: Yeah, my thumb is visible. <laughs> Shit. But you got a wiener
2: thumb? I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's what's getting you. Your thumb looks yep. like a wiener.
0: Yep. yep. I think I got Brigham's dick in all my pictures. <laughs> Sorry, Brigham. I love you. He always uh, makes jokes about his tiny wiener in the group chat. So
3: anyways, so yeah, big fortune
0: tool. Um <laughs> on X. So on if you X. don't have an X account, go over there, follow Baker Forge. He'll help promote you and build your account to win-win. He ain't even charging.
3: And and if you aren't already following Baker Forge, you should, because there's little surprise things that happen. Like they had some uh, some cutoffs that they were dropping. They had a bunch of end cuts that they put up for sale one week, and then the next week they had all their, like, strip cuts. So, like, when they flatten out a bar, you know, they have to cut off the edges of it um, to make it, certain dimensions and so they sold off a bunch of those uh in little packs so definitely um not only follow baker Forge, but turn on those notifications so you can get notified when they post their drops and things like that there's all kinds of stuff um, that they do and their social media content is pretty awesome um somebody should have nominated them for solid content this uh this last year um they have all kinds of good stuff um anyways Bakerforge and tool.com and use code HUSTLE10 to get yourself 10% off of whatever you're buying there. So, yeah. it's a pretty good deal.
0: And if you do happen to see these drops that he does, like the end cuts or the side cuts, don't think, oh, I'll grab one in a couple of days because they're going to be fucking gone. He he dropped these mm-hmm. side cuts, and they sold out in hours. Gone. Like, two. God, like Less, so less than two that. hours.
2: If I wasn't moving, I would have been all over that. But I was like, okay... I probably shouldn't bring in 30 pounds of metal right before I move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 1,500 miles. But definitely Uh, hoping to do that again after my move, though, because it would be fun to mess around with.
0: Yeah, I'd like to use them for, like, bolsters or caps on hidden tangs or something like that. So I think the end cuts for me would be (laughs) what I'm going to keep my eyes open for.
2: Yeah, I... I've been working for a little while uh, on trying to incorporate metal spacers, patterned metal, Damascus, meteorite, that kind of stuff. The problem is that I build my spacers as like sandwiches and then cut stripes off of them to use for the scales. So when I did that with Damascus and with the meteorite and then etch it, the, the metal grains go in the wrong way. So they're like, the Damascus just looked like a shitty striped piece of metal. Oh then, yeah. You know, get the that. Damascus pattern. I didn't even think about that. I don't know why I didn't think about that when I was making it, but like, it's like, you know, made the set of scales etched it, and looked at it went, well, this is dumb. <laughs> <I just laughs> don't know why that to work?
3: Speaking of that, um, we've already mentioned Micah already once, but he did something really interesting the other day. He, Just took a full size block, built his spacer pack, double wide, sandwiched that all together and then cut that down the middle and then glued his liners on, um, doing that. Have you ever done that method before?
2: I've done it a couple times. Um, it definitely works. It is, that is a hundred percent a way to do it. And actually my buddy, um, Jeremy over at Madewell Knives, uh, he, that's how he does his. He builds blocks and splits them in half. Um. It's not my preferred method for a couple reasons. Uh, I'm at the point where I'm very particular about grain orientation. Um, and so I want to see exactly what's going to be on both the face and the back of the set of scales, because that will let me know how that pattern is going to evolve as it's shaped. Right. OK, if they if they thin this down, what's it going to look like as they contour it towards the edges? What's this going to look like? Um, So I don't like having any question marks, which is inherent. If you're using a block, you don't know exactly what's in the middle. Uh, And so for that reason, and honestly, it's a lot easier to find top end materials already in scale form. Um, So... Um that's why I tend to do mine as starting as scales as opposed to blocks. But I do know a few guys who do them as blocks and it works, if works great. If, uh, if it fits your process, it just doesn't really fit my process.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. And that's kind of, I have way more scales than I have blocks. So it'd be pretty, uh, pretty difficult for me to do something like that as well. Also, Mm -hmm. I tend to use different materials top and bottom. So if you're going to, cut up a set of scales anyways i mean i don't know i just don't I, don't I don't want to cut a block in half you know and then just use the bottom half of it i don't know maybe that's maybe that doesn't make sense but it does in my head so it's fine
2: yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at i, I, I just like to keep mine as scales because that's where most of my stuff already is plus you know uh, especially when you start talking with composites and that kind of stuff, that stuff gets really spendy as blocks versus as scales. Um, yeah yeah that's a good so point. Have you ever tried to buy a block of carbon fiber? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah even G10 in one inch thick blocks gets real pricey real quick yeah
2: yep yeah, but for if you're doing if you're doing wood splits, Especially if you're doing the same wood top and bottom and you just want to throw a spacer in there. It's a really good way to make sure that your the pieces that are going to hit the steel on the spine and the belly are perfectly lined up. Because if they started connected and you just cut right into them, then they're going to line up perfectly. So it's a, it's a, I, I would say uh, for people who are just getting into making combos and that kind of stuff, it could be a really great training wheels kind of way of doing it as well to kind of help you. Ease into the process before you get too chaotic like I do with my 38-piece scale sets.
3: (laughs) You hear that, Micah? You're doing the training wheels, (laughs) Matthew.
2: Definitely not how I meant that to come across, but, you know.
3: Oh, no, he can take it. He can take it. It's fine
2: all right we got one more
3: we've been going an hour and four minutes we got one more sponsor we have to hit and then we'll do some closing thoughts before we head on over to an after show ryan who do you buy abrasives from
0: phoenix damn right and i use promo code well i use a different promo code than everybody else but and i use promo code <laughs> hustle 10 at checkout <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 10% off the entire order, which adds up really fucking quick because belts are stupid expensive these days.
3: Mm -hmm. And the more you work with fancy super steels, the more you want to buy the high-dollar abrasives like those incinerator belts that Phoenix sells. And I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I love fast shipping, and I like knowing that if I place an order on Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to have my belts by Friday to get ready for the next weekend when I'm going to be working. And Phoenix always, always does that, and I love that about them. So Greg's super fast about getting stuff shipped out, and it gets here in a timely manner, and I appreciate that. So,
0: Dude, Phoenix, speaking I'm... of fancy super steels that we grind with abrasives, I, yeah. fucking, I got that Apex Ultra Diamond grind all ground out and done. I'm doing the handle mm-hmm. now. I used... Eighty dollars worth of thirty-six grit belts.
3: <laughs> oh Gr- my gosh!
0: Because it's point two zero stock, so I had to like, I had to like grind in like almost like a almost like an integral, like the yeah the ricasso super fat, and then it steps down to where the blade <laughs> is, and yeah, it was basically like grinding two knives out of one piece of steel.
3: But eighty dollars worth of abrasives—that's insane, yeah, dude. It was
0: four. Red Ferraris and two incinerators. Jeez. To get the rough grinds done. I was like, this stuff is hard as woodpecker lips. It is that ridiculous. Is yeah. Don't do grind you, uh It's my own fault, though. So don't, listeners, don't take this as like a negative on any PEX Ultra. The steel's fucking awesome. I was grinding super thick stock. I grind hard. It's how I do everything. I grind. <laughs> I do all my bevels post heat treat. It's just how I've always done it. I enjoy doing it. Don't try and talk me out of it. You should you should not do that, Ryan. I have reasons. Do <laughs> but that, that, don't try and talk me out of it. That's what I'm saying.
3: Right. Let you me said don't have try and talk you out of it. And I, yeah. I took that as a challenge. I mean, as soon as you tell me not to do something, that's when I want to do it. I wasn't going to. And then you said not to. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, now I kind of have to put me in a box, man. Put me in a box. Don't tell I me mean, what to look, do. Look at JB. JB Blades grinds his blades
0: pretty much to finish dimensions before he heat treats them. Like, I'm not JB Blades. If I was, I'd probably be a lot wealthier than I am. I'm just saying. <laughs> P- people would see my knives on every single one of Baker Forging Tools posts. Yeah, I
2: that grind. Works. Yeah, that I grind posts right
4: there.
0: Yeah. I grind post-heat treat. It's just what I've always done. It's way okay. easier for me to straighten a blade if it's a flat piece of steel than if it has fucking bevels on it. It's just how I go. It's how I You're do You're not it. wrong. You're it's not okay. wrong. Let me have it. God, why does everybody <laughs> want to make everybody do what everybody else does? I'm a free you bird.
3: Because $80 on a brazes for one knife, bro.
0: That's all right. I charged for them.
3: Well, that's true. All
0: right. I, I took into account that it's Apex Ultra and it's over size billet that i yeah. forgot to have them smoosh into a normal size bullet for me it's my own damn fault
3: yeah now I'm, you got me scared dude like Why? i was all excited to use this bar at apex ultra and now i'm like uh, am i prepared am i prepared for this
0: dude you Come got on it on. your knives are nicer than mine I don't know about you that. got it <sighs>
3: i don't i don't i don't enjoy
0: grinding as much as you do though yeah, I don't enjoy grinding at all. <laughs> <clears throat> I enjoy. I don't enjoy like because it's it's physically miserable because you're hunched over your grinder, you're getting sparks in your face. It's just like your fingers hurt. It sucks, but at the same time, it's deeply satisfying, and I enjoy that flow state headspace that you have to get into to it's do that. Shark, he's perfectly. just over here,
3: just shaking his head. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Okay, well, when you say you don't enjoy grinding, are you talking about, like, wood for your scales and stuff, or the few times that you've made knives over the years?
2: Oh, either. I mean, I was specifically talking about knives right now, but uh, I, I don't enjoy grinding my scales either. If there was a way for me to do all the design work, glue them up, and then just hand them to someone else to take care of making them pretty for pictures, I'd be all over that. I How old are your kids? Like that part. <laughs> Nine and eleven, they're not quite there yet. Oh, it's close though, it's close. So, Maybe, no, but so I, I've done a decent amount of forging lately. Um, the, the air force has had me traveling around a little bit, and every time I travel, I try to find knife makers to go hang out with and just make stuff. Um, uh, and I like forging, I really like learning the process, but I actually really enjoy forging. And I get every time everyone wants to know, oh, well, when are you gonna start making your own knives? I'm not because I don't want to do any of the bevels or grinding. I will forge it to shape. And I actually just started doing this. So I finally feel confident enough in my forging skills that, like, the shapes that are coming out look very (laughs) knife-like. And so I will forge it to shape. I will make the handle scales. I will clean up the profile. I'll even do some file work on the spine. And then I find someone else who wants to work on the project with me, and I send it to them to do bevels and sharpening. (laughs) Just not, It's. I just, I, I have no desire to learn how to do it, to do it, like no, no part of that process. So wow. speaking of Micah Dunn for like the third time on this uh, segment, uh, he and I are actually working on one right now that I forged out in Virginia. I made some handles for it. I'm going to send it to him and he's going to pretty it all up and throw some handles on it.
0: It's nice. like next
3: level collab. I like that.
2: That's cool. Yeah. It's all because I have no desire to learn how to put bevels into steel. <laughs> I I have tried it. I have tried it a couple times. And number one, it gets away from me so fast. Like, I'll be going and I'm like, this is just beautiful. And then I'll, like, breathe slightly the wrong way and I just grind off half the damn blade. And I'm like, okay, I quit.
3: Well, see, that's the beauty of forging. Like, you just forge something to shape, forge the bevels in, and then ju- just do like a, a brute to forge style. And all you have to do is basically just like clean up the bevels and do a little bit of hand sanding, and so, it's done.
2: I do know how to forge bevels in, and I have done that a few different times. But that just means that the end is that much thinner. So if I grind it slightly wrong, I'm just I'm taking <laughs> off a whole chunk of it.
0: We're all at, We're at opposite ends of the fucking spectrum here because I'm like – in my head, I'm like, just get good at grinding and you don't have to forge because it's <laughs> wasted steps. You can just go right to completed knife.
4: But, See, But, you know, I, that's, I why would, we,
0: that's how we, we're all American. We love each other. I we would contest
2: all... that there is nothing that will make you feel manlier than forging a knife.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: There is just know.
2: something deeply cathartic about making metal red hot and banging on it with a big heavy hammer.
0: I had a mullet at blade show last year. <laughs> when I tell you what, whenever I've got the mullet going, I don't feel any less. I, I, just, I couldn't feel more manly. It's like I told the wife, I'm like, it literally raises my testosterone. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. just
0: Are you guys going were... to bully me on the third episode in a row and like, Ryan, you need to start forging. Is there? No, okay.
3: no. We, we actually need to wrap this up. We don't have time to bully you. Uh, we're already at, uh, <laughs> an hour and 13 minutes. So, uh, anybody want to throw anything else out before we head over to an after show? Anybody did got anything? I play
0: the Phoenix ad.
3: No, you just started yeah. talking. I figured we weren't going to play it because like, you just refused to push the button. You like stopped oh. talking a couple times, like you were going to, and then you never did. And,
0: All right, stop talking.
4: Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. (laughs) When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. When you check out, use code hustle10 for 10% off your entire order.
0: This has been a wild episode. Thanks, yes, Luke. Has. And to put it in a perspective for everybody, we were planning on a very serious episode with the original guest who was booked. Shit happens, whatever. Sharky saved the day. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Wow. No. I would
2: say that you don't bring me on when you want to have a serious episode, but our episode of the Foreside chat was very serious. So yeah, I don't it want was to there. It Almost was a little
0: that, too serious. That was Lando though. Yeah, that's true. He did get real deep. He um, got deep. I told him to stop being a bitch. <laughs> it got it got it got real heavy there for a minute. With love. With love. <clears throat> of course. Always. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, if you're interested in becoming a patron of the uh, Hustle & Grind podcast, you can go to Patreon.com. For as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe, support what we do, and get to listen to our after show where we're about to head over. And we saved some juicy stuff for the end. And we always do. And last, last week was probably the pinnacle of saving juicy stuff for the after show. So uh, when you become a subscriber on Patreon, you get all of the past after shows as well. So if you're interested in that, um, go ahead, you can just sign up and you'll get access to all the after shows we've ever recorded. And uh, we really appreciate all the guys who support us on Patreon. So thank you guys all so much for supporting what we do. And they will all be listed down in the show notes. So anybody who has a ridiculous name uh, designed to troll Toby and Honor on their podcast, you will be able to look down in the show notes and see exactly uh, what ridiculous name they have chosen for themselves. Um, That's
0: very generous of you. You should have just said to troll Honor on his podcast.
3: (laughs) Mm, Yeah, right. Yeah, I should have. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm looking at you in particular here, Ben Cutts, and your names (laughs) that will forever be imprinted in the show notes of our show because of your trollery. So anyways, Sharky, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man.
0: Um, Really appreciate that. Ryan, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. You know, I think my issue with this episode was I shaved my beard off, and so now all I can see is my fat fucking double chin. (laughs) <laughs> it's
3: been throwing me off the yeah. entire episode i'm not gonna lie R- ryan was wearing like a beanie he's got a molestache going and he's looking like some quarter, sort of like weird hipster over here i don't even know who i'm talking to it doesn't look like, I'm like ryan at all
0: i look like down syndrome mario with a fat neck <laughs> and i've lost weight and it- <laughs> goodbye everybody